Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop site dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of The Emerald Couch. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Thank you so much for always tuning in. So excited to have you back for another week. Uh, make sure that you are staying tuned in through Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or both um, and connecting with us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, our website, um, just to engage more around the topics that we discuss, suggest new topics, um, and let us know what you think week to week about what we are discussing. Um, if you haven't already as well, make sure that you head to the website and see some of the new and exciting things that we have planned for 2019. Um, and that's www.smalltalkcounseling.com. So we're going to jump right into this week's topic. Um, I just was thinking, obviously, as we approach the holiday season and more and more of my clients who come in for therapy um, are in a place of panic um, and a little bit of dread um, and even disdain about having to be around their families and kind of deal with the dynamics um, that are bound to take place around, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner or a holiday celebration. Um And that can be really difficult. And so I thought it might be a good time to kind of talk a little bit about um, attachment and family dynamics and relationship dynamics and sort of the way in which it affects our interpersonal relationships, because I think that that's pretty critical. So um, interesting enough as well, one of my great, great friends who was also on the show in an earlier episode when we first got started, Dr. Christine Baker, um, she and I actually probably bonded over this topic around attachment during our time in our doctoral program. Um, and even when we first met during interviews and we didn't know if we were going to be accepted, um, she and I became friends and just started talking about our interests and shared with one another um, our thoughts about this topic. So shout out to her for sure for um always making those interesting conversations and stretching me to think differently about this. It has definitely helped um, in working with my clients, but also today I hope that it will help you all to be able to have a better understanding um, of just some of the dynamics that take place interpersonally between you and the people you love and also maybe the people that you don't necessarily connect with as easily and don't get along with as well. Um, Hopefully this will give a little bit of insight. So just to fill you in, um, for those who are not clinicians or you're not familiar with attachment theory, um, attachment theory is a psychological model um, that was developed by John Bowlby um, to sort of really get into the descriptions around the dynamics of 
um, long and short term relationships, um, interpersonal relationships, just between human beings in general. And so attachment actually starts during childhood um, and sort of the development of a relationship between that child and their caregiver. Um, because all infants, no matter what, become attached because they're dependent. Um, in order to get what they need, um, they have to be able to be dependent upon a provider or a caregiver. Um, however, there are definitely individual differences um, in that caregiving and in that connection that is developed. Um, and so that's where we get some of our uh, main attachment styles from. Um, and for childhood, there are four attachment styles and actually a four for adulthood as well, but the descriptions are a little different. So we're going to talk about both. Um, but there are four main um, types or, or descriptions as far as um, attachment styles during childhood. The first is secure attachment. And so this is when the child feels very much like they can rely on their caregiver to meet their needs. Um, to be close in proximity, to provide emotional support, to protect them. Um, this is what's considered um, the most appropriate and um, higher functioning attachment style that allows um, the person to have the best chance of developing positive interpersonal relationships. So secure attachment style is the goal. Some of the other styles include um, anxious ambivalent attachment. So this is when that infant might feel a little bit of separation anxiety when um, away from their caregiver and they don't feel reassured um, when that caregiver actually comes back. So, you know, it's it's obviously you're wanting as a child to be protected, to be safe. And so you are happy that that person is back, but you also feel um, a little bit of a sense of abandonment in some ways um, because of them leaving in the first place. And so um, this is when most folks, you know, sort of describe like children having separation anxiety when they first go off to preschool or um, leaving them with their grandparents, maybe for a weekend, some of those things that occur. Um, it really is important to sort of validate those feelings for that child, but also to make sure that they understand um, and know that you're going to, you're coming back, that you are not leaving them. Um, and so that anxious, ambivalent, Demeanor um, and attachment style can develop um, if not checked during those instances where maybe that separation anxiety occurs momentarily. Um, the next is anxious avoidant. This attachment is this attachment style is when the infant sort of avoids their parents altogether. So there's um, some division um, and emotion between connection between the parent and the child. Um, and so for that reason, that child is definitely in a place where they're not only anxious um, about, you know, sort of that separation from the parent, but then also avoids when they return. So sometimes this can be seen out of frustration, even anger and a little bit of disdain um, with that child feeling, you know, potentially that they were going to be abandoned. And so, again, it's about the patterns that develop. So um, this happening one child does not mean that that child will develop this as an attachment style, but it definitely if, it, if it's common, a common occurrence, it could totally um, become sort of their way of attaching not only with those parents, but with others later in life. And then the last is disorganized attachment. And so this is just where there is a lack of any attachment behavior whatsoever. So not even that they might be anxious and ambivalent or anxious and avoidant, um, but there's just no attachment. And so you don't see an emotional connection. You don't see any feelings of a sense of safety. Um, it just really means that basically interpersonally that that person and that child in this case is just not interested um, and again that's usually due to some interactions that have happened um, usually negative 
that have created, um, in a sense, for this child, um, a, a mindset that they aren't safe um, and that they are unable to connect um, with this person because of maybe not feeling protected, not feeling that they will return. And so for them, it's much easier to just consider not connecting whatsoever. So of course, um, if this does develop, any of these styles actually, if they continue on, if those patterns are seen, um, they do carry on into adulthood. And so obviously when you start to think about relationships, not just between that child and that adult child now and their parent, but that adult and their coworkers and their classmates and their significant others, um, it can really affect how they're able to connect with other people long-term. Um, and so oftentimes, and this is probably what um, Dr. Baker and I usually end up talking about is what does that mean you know, for the people that get involved with these people, even if it's not by choice, right? Like classmates don't necessarily choose who's in their class, um, but then you're forced to sort of figure out how to navigate interacting with this particular person. So um, I want to talk about the four main attachment styles for adults and then just offer some ways to think differently about um, attachment in general and kind of how to maybe utilize your attachment style as a growth opportunity so that if you are looking for more satisfying relationships, you can definitely find that. So just to recap. way. Um, the second style becomes anxious, preoccupied. Um, and I'm going to define these in a minute. The third becomes dismissive, avoidant. Um, and then the last is fearful, avoidant. And so these four um, then become the way in which that adult now navigates the world and navigates their relationships. And so obviously, if you um, don't have sort of a, a grip or an understanding on what your attachment style is, you can definitely live a life where you end up losing a lot of relationships um, or having a lot of conflict in your life because of just not understanding how you respond to other people and how they may, re may be responding to you based on that attachment style that you have. So first up again is secure. So these are the people who you know, find it relatively easy for them to become emotionally close to others. They're very comfortable with depending on other people um, and having others depend on them. They don't necessarily worry a lot about being alone or about other people accepting them. And that's usually because they don't have to. More people are actually drawn to them um, because of how they present. And so this style of attachment usually results from like, you know, a history of having a warm and responsive interaction with their parents so they can develop their attachments properly. Um, they tend to have a lot of positive views about themselves, um, as well as the relationships in their life already. And so because of that, they often report a greater you know, satisfaction with life as a whole, but also adjustment to change and to their relationships with people who have maybe other attachment styles that aren't um, secure. And so it's really nice because they get to feel comfortable with being both independent, but also intimately close with other people, which is a great balance to have. And so secure attachment um, and them being able to adapt through their functioning behaviors um, is really promoted by that caregiver in the beginning who is emotionally available to them. They respond appropriately um, and sort of help them develop that secure attachment style, as well as just being able to better regulate 
positive and negative emotions and knowing what to do with that in a way um, that doesn't cause them when they hit adulthood to then seem um, imbalanced uh, when it comes to how they respond to others based on their emotions that day, that hour, that minute. Um, And so it really does um, depend a lot on that caregiver and what sort of is is developed between the two of them of how that sort of goes into adulthood for that individual. So the second, um, and these the rest of these are more of insecure types, um, of course. And so the second is anxious, preoccupied. So these people tend to um, sort of be in a place where they want to be completely emotionally intimate with others, but they are often reluctant um, and others are reluctant to get close um, because of maybe the way that they, again, present. They're really uncomfortable about being without close relationships, so really kind of dependent, um, but sometimes worry that other people won't value that relationship as much. So this is why you see sort of this anxious preoccupied. So they're anxious about making these connections, but then they're so preoccupied with the thoughts about, you know, what will this connection be like and what will happen? Um, will they like me? And, and so um, people with this sort of attachment style seek high levels of intimacy um, and approval, and they want a lot of responsiveness from whoever that attachment figure is in their life. So again, um, their partner, their classmate, a professor, um, a coworker, and so you know the fact that they sometimes value intimacy to such an extent that they become overly dependent on that attachment figure um, is what is a little bit scary and what can turn in. Um, to sort of maladaptive and negative thoughts and emotions um, when maybe they do feel rejected or they don't feel that people are getting as close as they would like. And so when you compare these folks with people who are securely attached, um, they tend to have less positive views about themselves. Um, They don't view themselves in, in as positive of a way. They also kind of feel that sense of anxiousness that, you know, kind of resides permanently between them and whoever that attachment figure is or that figure of affection. And so they often kind of doubt their worth and um, as a person usually end up blaming themselves um, for that person's uh, lack of responsiveness. And so by that person, I mean that attachment figure or that person that they um, are trying to connect with. And so people who end up being anxious or preoccupied um, with that attachment, you know, usually have high levels of emotional expressiveness um, and dysregulation. So they worry a lot. They can be a little bit impulsive, um, which again, ends up creating this cycle that then pushes those people away that they're interested in connecting with. And so um, without being able to sort of navigate this attachment style, um, that person ends up, you know, dying for connection, but never really being able to get it because of the way in which they express um, their affection and how they attach to other people. The third type um, is dismissive avoidant. So these people tend to agree with the idea that they're comfortable without having close emotional relationships at all. Um, For them, it's really important to be independent, to feel self-sufficient, Um, They actually prefer, you know, just to not feel that they have other people even depending on them. Um, People with, you know, this attachment style actually kind of desire that high level of independence because then they don't have to connect with people. Um, It often kind of comes across as in a way that they avoid attachment altogether. And so because they view themselves as self-sufficient, they often also view themselves as being invulnerable to feelings. 
particularly feelings associated with being close to other people. And so these are the folks that will often, you know, say, I don't need a relationship. I don't need friends. Um, And some can even like view friendships as relatively unimportant to their life and, and connecting with people. And so obviously because they seek less intimacy with attachments, um, they often have this less positive view of themselves because they don't have people in their life to kind of give them um, a true and honest viewpoint of who they are. And so oftentimes they can be people who you might often also notice can become um, a little bit defensive in their character um, based on their attachment style. Um, They tend to kind of hide their feelings. Um, They really want to deal with rejection by distancing themselves from the source of rejection. So whether that's people they're attached to, their relationships, even accomplishments that maybe they make, they sort of like create this division between them because again, they don't want to ever feel dependent upon anything or anybody um, in defining them, but also in where they put their emotions. And so just being able to make sure too that you notice sort of this um, this um, dismissive type of, of demeanor in this person is kind of the critical piece uh, when you start thinking about whether or not you might be attached to someone with this style. Um, and then the last type is fearful avoidant. So these are folks that maybe have experienced loss or trauma or even sexual abuse in childhood and adolescence. Um, They're more likely to develop this attachment style. Um, And they usually tend to sort of think of this idea of being somewhat comfortable with getting close to others. um, And they want to be emotionally close with people, but they just find it really difficult to trust um, completely or to depend on people because they worry that someone's going to hurt them. Or if they allow themselves to become too close, to other people, it just makes them more vulnerable to experience more trauma um, or things that they have had in their childhood. And so they definitely are uncomfortable with emotional closeness and sort of these mixed feelings um, of being, you know, wanting to connect with people, but then just feeling very uncomfortable sometimes creates negative views about themselves as well and their ability to connect with people in the future. So these folks often find themselves unworthy of gaining responsiveness from the people in their lives. And so they don't really trust the intentions of other people. They're always very skeptical. Um, And similar to kind of the dismissive avoidance style, they seek less intimacy um, and frequently suppress and deny their feelings um, because they're just much less comfortable with expressing affection. Um, It's just really difficult for them um, because they really haven't seen it um, in a way that is secure and that's functional. And so that too is where that fearful part comes in for sure um, as they try to navigate their relationship. So those are the four main types um, of adult attachment styles. And so I want to kind of talk a little bit about like, so what happens in these types um, when it comes to relationship and, and sort of the outcomes um, when, you know, having each of these various styles um, or, or maybe vacillating between Two, as you are trying to sort of mature and find your place with these. Um, So obviously, like for adult relationships, um, attachment styles may vary because you have two different people um, who are trying to connect with one another. And so the participants of these relationships sometimes can express more satisfaction than their partner um, or less satisfaction than their partner. And so 
Um, this obviously is what creates some people being able to stay together longer than other folks. Um, and so what people often wonder is, does attachment influence the satisfaction and the duration of a relationship? And obviously, um, my answer would be yes to that. I think oftentimes when we think about satisfaction, what we do know is that a lot of studies have linked attachment styles to the ability of somebody to be happy within their relationship um, based on that attachment style that they have. People who have secure attachment styles obviously tend to express greater satisfaction than people who have any of the other styles um, because more than likely the other styles are having to do a lot of work to navigate not only their own attachment style but their partners. And so even though there's this link between attachment um, and relationship satisfaction, the mechanisms by which attachment styles influence the satisfaction aren't necessarily understood very much, um, even with those secure types. And so one of the biggest things, obviously, and we talked about this on our episode on relationships, was around um, communication. So that's one of the main sort of mechanisms to help create satisfaction, regardless of style, in a relationship. Um, for those with a secure attachment style, obviously, they're able to have much more constructive communication and more intimate self-disclosure, um, which obviously increases that relationship satisfaction and that vulnerability and that connection um, between the two partners. Other mechanisms I think that we can think about um, include being like emotionally expressive, so being able to um, not limit how you really feel both verbally um, as well as physically. So being able to think about that, um, strategies for coping with conflict, so conflict resolution, knowing how to do that well, um, which goes kind of back to communication and being able to listen. Um, and then of course, having that perceived support from partners. And so being able to know that even though we may have two different attachment styles, that you hear me or that um, I have the ability to express myself um, emotionally. And so these are the ways in which I think people um, sort of navigate this and it works out well as far as those that are satisfied. But obviously more research definitely needs to be done and better understanding how attachment influence the actual satisfaction and what are those other mechanisms that are maybe key depending on what your attachment style is that um, can help. When we think about the other end, so we talked about satisfaction, but we think about duration and the length of a relationship. There are studies out there that suggest that um, those that have secure attachment styles also have longer lasting relationships. And this is more likely due to that sense of commitment that we talked about and them being sort of dedicated and kind of all in to their relationships. Um, people with secure attachment styles tend to express more commitment in general. Um, they tend to be a little bit more satisfied because this kind of in the end creates this cycle that encourages them to stay in their relationship longer. Um, even though that's no guarantee. So just having a secure attachment style does not guarantee a long lasting relationship. I don't want anybody to say that Dr. Poole told them that, but um, you know, it definitely helps um, because that sense of commitment is there, that sense of independence, but yet um, vulnerability is there. And so um, it makes it easier to navigate. So secure attachment styles are not the only types associated with stable relationships. Actually, people who tend to be a little bit more anxious, preoccupied, can often find themselves in long-lasting relationships, but they usually struggle with their ability to maintain sort of that happiness. Um, and that's just because it's difficult. They often involve a lot of anxiety and worry about being abandoned. And so they kind of doubt their worth within the relationship, which then maybe creates some weird dynamics. So usually they're able to sort of like 
get in that relationship and maintain momentarily, but when the anxiety kicks in and the worry, particularly around like past trauma um, or a sense of a, or worry about abandonment, um, that can definitely change things a little bit. And so these kinds of feelings and thoughts can lead people to being very unhappy, particularly if that partner maybe is someone who has a more secure attachment style. Um, you know, they worry about the fact that this person never you know, has given into the fact that like, I'm here, I'm staying, I'm committed. Um, you know, they're very much preoccupied with the what ifs of the relationship. And so that can be difficult. So um, the last thing I want to share is just, I always like to give you guys a, an article, but one of the things um, that I think is important is really being able to think of this for all of us individually is how does your particular attachment style now that you know what the options are um, um, impact your relationship and so um, as always found an article on psychology today um, Dr. Lisa Firestone who talks specifically about this and this idea that like our attachment styles um, affect everything from the partner that we choose to how well our relationships progress to also how they end and how we're able to sort of maybe even let go of those relationships that we don't need to stay in, um, but that they don't have to be like World War Three. So this is really why recognizing what your attachment style is um, can really help you to kind of just know what your vulnerabilities are, what your strengths are um, within a relationship and outside of a relationship. And so so because we know that these attachment patterns start to get established in childhood, um, we continue to kind of work through that same model into adulthood. And this then influences how each of us react to having our needs and our wants um, met and then how we also go about getting them. And so in a sense, we end up setting ourselves up to find partners that confirm our models Um of what we felt maybe growing up. So if we grew up in an insecure attachment style, any of those three, then we may project or seek or even try to duplicate similar patterns of relating to other adults, even though these patterns actually hurt us probably as a child and then will ultimately hurt us in our relationships. Um, and they're sort of not in our own best interests um, and trying to sort of figure out how to create something that's familiar. So we've talked also a lot on the show when talking about anxiety, talking about worry, talking about grief. Um, oftentimes it's so much easier to do something that's familiar because at least we know what we're going to get. Even if it comes with maladaptive behaviors, with negative thinking, we feel like that's better um, by just knowing versus not knowing. And so that actually isn't true. Um, it's usually much harder, yes, to jump in and try something new and change your way of thinking, um, but it usually has a much more positive outcome. So just knowing that that doesn't necessarily, you know, create the best possible outcome by trying to just find someone that fits with your idea um, of a of a proper attachment style based on your own experience. So the other piece is the attachment style that you develop as a child, um, which is based on your relationship with a parent or some sort of early caregiver, um, doesn't have to define like how you relate to those you love in your adult life. And so you kind of come to know your attachment style as you explore it. And I hope after hearing this episode, you will, you can kind of start to uncover ways that you're kind of defending yourself from getting close or being too emotionally connected with people and really working towards forming like an earned secure attachment. And we that's a phrase that um, Dr. Feinstone uses to really help us to know that like you're not stuck 
with your attachment style, once that awareness is created, you then have to determine how are you going to change it. And so you can obviously challenge your you know, defenses um, by choosing a partner with a secure attachment style and really working on developing yourself in that way. Therapy, as always, shameless plug, can be helpful for changing maladaptive patterns and behaviors and thoughts um, because you become more aware. And so you and your partner can then challenge the insecurities and those fears that exist um, by just using you know various models through therapy to help you develop new styles of attachment um, that earned secure attachment, like we talked about, for sustaining you know a very loving, um, reliable, and satisfying relationship. So that's my advice. Um, those are the thoughts that I had just in, again, thinking about some of my clients who are all preparing to go home um, for the holidays. Many of my clients are not from the Baton Rouge area. Um, and so they, they live and work here. But then during the holiday time, they go home um, all across the country. And so, you know, you get used to sort of a way of living day to day and you get out of maybe some of those patterns that were taking place in childhood. And then you have to kind of go back and immerse yourself into that for what can sometimes just be a day, but oftentimes is, you know, a weekend or a full week. And so that can be really, really difficult if you have started to gain some insight into your own ways and patterns and attachment styles and have changed them for the positive and then to go into an environment that um, sort of fosters that old way of thinking can can be very difficult. Um, so hopefully this also helps folks, even if you're not having to be around family for the holidays, just being able to think differently about how you're connecting with others. So make sure that during um, this upcoming holiday season, you start to pay attention to those patterns. Um, think about the way that you connect to people. Um, really identify what your current attachment style is and like you know, look at it both within your friendships and how you you may act and respond, um, and also in your intimate and, and romantic relationships as well. Which ones are secure? Which ones need a little work? Um, being able to really think about what that looks like, I think, sets you up for a much more positive holiday season, obviously, but also a much more positive life as you work to connect and relate to other people. So just some thoughts. Think about your attachment style. Figure out how you're connecting with other people um, and then figure out how to make those secure so that you can literally have the best relationships um, of a lifetime and that can last you a lifetime if that is what you desire. So hopefully this is helpful. Um, we will take a break right here and we'll be back with all of our signature segments. Hey everyone, we are back with the second half of our show um, and our signature segment. First up is our pop psych moment of the week. I'm so excited to get to like talk about this again. So this is actually a pop psych moment of the week a while back. I think maybe like episode 22, 23, um, talking about Michelle Obama's um, upcoming book, Becoming. So even though I know we've already talked about um, the book itself a little bit um, back when I kind of talked about the preview for it and more so was talking about her book tour that she was embarking on that was just announced I think at that time. Um, the book is out um, but I want to talk more about this interview with Robin Roberts that she um, did on last night um, that really 
I think, you know, without giving away for people who haven't seen it, um, just some more depth to who she is. And we already all love her. Um, and if you don't, you need to check yourself and your life. Um, but I'm super, super excited to just get to dive into the book um, because and I already have my copy. Thanks very much. Um, because I just think that it's important to really be able for the folks that we often feel like we look up to and that we want to emulate our lives after that we also know their truth. And so, you know, we spent today even talking about attachment styles and what does it mean, you know, from the outside looking in on certain relationships of how they're created and how they're sustained. And I mean, she goes into details for sure about um, everything from, you know, miscarriages and aging as a woman and, and, you know, but also like thinking about using marriage counseling and support for um, her and Barack's um, sustainability of their relationship, knowing that even though there are two people who are very much in love, there are two different people. And so being able to, again, think about what we've talked about today with attachment styles, they both have had, you know, different upbringings um, that obviously brought them together, but that also created these two very individual people um, who have to then navigate how to, you know, have to figure out how to navigate life together. And so I appreciated her candidness. I appreciate her wit and her humor. Um, I thought Robin Roberts obviously did a great job as well. Um, just being able to really answer um, or get her to answer, you know, the questions that people wonder but never really ask. And so um, if you haven't watched it, make sure you maybe go back and look at it on demand. I'm sure it'll be there on our on um um, on the internet somewhere, I'm sure, but just to really make sure that, you know, you check it out and you think about what that can look like. And as well, um, also make sure that you go buy the book. Um, so obviously in the interview, she didn't narrate the entire book, but, um, it was just really great to see her in a much more relaxed and sort of informal way, but also, just still being very fabulous, of course. So if you haven't seen the interview, check it out. If you haven't purchased the book yet, check it out. Um, I'm super excited for um, the book tour date that I'm going to get to go to. I cannot wait um, to just be able to experience that. Um, so I, you know, I'm super excited about diving into my book. Um, I'll try to resist making it a pop psych moment of the week again once I'm done, because um, I'll be three times. But um, I definitely do think that, again, it's just this idea of even if it's not Michelle Obama, whoever your person is that you feel sort of that connection to and, and maybe sometimes want to emulate, being honest with yourself about who they really are is, is very, very important. And I appreciated her for allowing us to get to see her in that way. So that is this week's pop psych moment of the week. Um, next up is our small talk bookshelf. So um, I don't have a book, but I do have a poem that I wanted to share because I thought it was very fitting as we think about um, this idea of, you know, being um, introspective and looking at ourselves as we get closer to closing out the year, really thinking of how we're connecting with other people's, what changes we'd like to see ourselves make, all of those things. Um, sometimes it's just really important to be able to recognize that no one gets to choose that image of us except us. Um, and sometimes we don't have the tools and that's why people go to therapy. That's why um, you have people around you who you 
can hope will be honest and transparent enough with you to tell you the truth about how they experience you. Um, But oftentimes, we just get very, very wrapped up in this idea of trying to create perfect images of ourselves that we often um, don't realize that as we're working very, very hard to kind of meet this this image of perfection for other people, the image is at the same time still changing and and next week will be very different. And so now you've worked for a year on this, you know, creating this sense of self that is not really your true self. Um, And now society wants something else. And so just being able to really think about that as we have talked about attachment styles, if we've talked about being transparent, um, being, you know, open to who you are, that is a major piece in being able to sort of navigate um, life for the positive. And so um, I think this has been, I think the book itself has been on our Small Talk bookshelf. Um, the book is The Sun and Her Flowers um, by author um, Rupi Kaur. Um, and so I, I, I do believe maybe earlier again in the season, um, this was one of our Um, bookshelf books. But I have a particular poem that I I wanted to read um, and I thought was a great way to close our show. We don't have any Ask Dr. LP questions this week. So um, I want to kind of leave you guys with this poem um, and then close it out for our small talk bookshelf. So the poem reads, I made change after change on the road to perfection. But when I finally felt beautiful enough, their definition of beauty suddenly changed. What if there is no finish line? And in an attempt to keep up, I lose the gifts I was born with for a beauty so insecure, it can't commit to itself, the lies they sell. So what I loved about this poem is that um, it talks about everything we've talked about today. So the attachment style stuff, being able to realize that like, we all have our insecurities, but the standard at which we sort of think we need to be is also um, a form of an insecurity um, and, and sort of recognizing that sometimes there are not changes that we need to make to ourselves. There are not ways in which we need to um, reestablish um, our sense of beauty because what we already have established is perfect. And so just being able to really understand that oftentimes out in society at large, there are these lies that are sold to us about who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to present ourselves, what our perfect family should look like. Um, And sometimes that is not um, sustainable um, or even um, attainable. And so just being able to really give yourself a sense of confidence, I hope, in knowing that Um, You don't have to continuously sort of seek after change, after change, after change um, in order to become this best version of yourself. You can actually be you um, and live in a way that feels fully authentic, um, fully committed to yourself um, and not worry about sort of what is happening outside of that. Because what we learned today about secure attachment styles is that um, we know how to be committed. You know how to depend on people. You also know how to allow people to depend on you. Um, but you also have a strong sense of self. And so if that's the goal, then it is very important to be able to set your own standard of beauty, set your own standard of success, um, and really walk in that truly. So I hope that that small talk bookshelf moment um, connects with somebody today. So that brings us to the end of another episode, the end of episode 31. Um, We have four episodes to go before we wrap up season one of the Emerald Couch. I'm so excited that you all have taken this journey um, with me. It has definitely been fun and exciting and we're not done yet. Uh, 
Uh, we have four more to go. Um, November remains a month where we still have a lot of cool topics to get to cover, which I'm excited about. Um, this month, actually, and I don't think I said this uh, last week's episode, is National Career Development Month. So definitely want to talk a little bit about that. Um, this is a time of year also where people really start evaluating life. Sometimes that also means thinking about quitting your job. And so I want us to talk about that um, in a way that is helpful so that you make the best choice for yourself, um, but also just really being able to think about what that can look like. And so making sure that um, we even talk a little bit more about coping with the stress of the holiday season, I think is going to be important um, as we kind of get going about all of this. So we're counting down to the season finale. Um, we're at the end of this week's episode. As always, make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe um, and keep up with us through social media and through our website. If you have questions, you got four more times to ask um, Dr. LP questions that will get answered on the show. Um, thank you as always for tuning in and I will see you next week on the Emerald Couch.